You are listening to NFT Talk Show, where we put the T in NFT. I am your host, Tony Payne, and if you have ever wanted to know anything and everything, including all the juicy deets about NFTs, you are in the right place. So buckle up, get ready, and let's go. Welcome to another episode of the NFT Talk Show podcast. I am Tony Payne. And yes, we are entering the phase of who is who in Web3, the builders, the founders, the people that are making it raw, the people that are showing up every day to make sure that you have a sustainable Web3. And with me today on the show, I have somebody, an amazing human being, who is the founder of the blockchain. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the blockchain in a second. But before I do, um, her name is Sean Morrison. And she's just an all-around awesome human being. Um, I know Web3... Oh, <laughs> here I go with my Web3 bounce again. I know in <laughs> Web3, it's hard to like decipher um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm telling you for a fact right now. These are one of the, um, this is one of the good, not the bad and not the ugly. <laughs> All right. So a little bit about the blockchain. Um, the blockchain is a leading voice for culture and creativity in Web3. But you know what? Let me not rant too much. I'm going to let Sean put it in her own words. Welcome on the show. Um, Sean, my, my listeners are used to me ranting and raving and going on and on. So I'm going to let you do justice. <laughs> what the blockchain is to what the blockchain is welcome thank you for coming on the nft talk show podcast thank you so much for having me tony i'm a big fan and uh thank you you have aspirations to, to launch my own podcast at some point so this is very inspiring for me so you totally should like honestly speaking i always say um my listeners, I say thank you to them because I, I, like I said, I rant a lot. <laughs> and the fact that they keep coming back for that, <laughs> they're like the real MVP. <laughs> you know, though, I think there's so much to rant about in the, in the NFT space. And in oh my rant, goodness. Yeah. I, I totally, I totally get it. I totally get why you, you say you rant. So I, I absolutely, I do. And, um, there is a lot to rant about. So it's always good when you get the opportunity to actually highlight people that are doing, um, really awesome things within the space and just, you know, letting more people discover who they are and what they're doing so they can connect with them. So yeah. before we get into what the blockchain is about, um, could you just kind of give us a little brief intro into who you are? Who is Sean Morrison? Who am I? That is such a great question. I always have such a hard time answering it, but I would say I am a creator. I am a community builder and I am a curator as well um also a lot of other things but let's just keep it let's keep it at those three <laughs> right right i feel like we wear so many hats you know and right. when they ask me what are you i'm like um i'm a photographer i'm a podcast i'm a content i'm like you know what right. i'm tony because <laughs> yeah, we could be here all day and it's amazing how you know powerful we are to wear those hats and do it so efficiently um and wonderfully. So a little bit about your journey into Web3. How did it all start? Well, um, for me, it started really during the pandemic on Clubhouse. Um, I was one of the first few 
um, listeners on, on Clubhouse, uh, because it was a new app and I, uh, prior to Web3 have, um, experience as an entrepreneur and as an investor. And someone sent me the link as an invite to this new app and I hopped on and, you know, it was interesting. It was, it was, as I said, it was the, it was the pandemic. So we're all sort of isolated from each other. And I think mm-hmm. the idea of, um, audio being a means to connect people, I think was fresh and new and exciting. And so I was one of those people who spent way too much time on stuff. <laughs> um, and a lot of the conversations were primarily around uh, startups and investing. And then that just got, to be honest, really boring. I was like, if I see one more like room where entrepreneurs are pitching investors, I'm just going to lose my mind. And I remember <laughs> one day, yeah, I remember one day I just saw, you know, I started to see these NFT rooms pop up. What are NFTs? And da 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 da. And I was like, oh, let me go check this out. And it really just, the more I listened, the more intrigued I became. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact is I've always been, so I went to film school and I studied film and then I started making video art, uh, when I was out of college. And so, um, I always wanted to have a gallery. So I was always very interested in the arts. And so, what appealed to me most about NFTs when I started to hear about it was, first of all, a new medium, right? A new di- medium using um, digital technology to create art, which I loved, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but also, you know, the idea of royalties, which I know there's a massive debate happening in the space right now about royalties. But, you know, back then there was no question about the ability for artists to continue to make money from their art in perpetuity, right? That um, was that was the selling point for a lot of us artists. Exactly. That was what they that's what they sold us, the dream exactly. and real this exactly. in. <laughs> exactly. And now they want to pull the rug from my And now head. they want to take it away. <laughs> exactly. So I was intrigued by that and that just sucked me all the way in. You know, I do recall certain people, I recall hearing Lady Phoenix, mm-hmm. I recall you know, Sir Sue, Black Dave. Um, I think I heard Black Dave more than anybody else. He's, he's got such a very distinct voice and, you know, he always speaks up. I never spoke up in those rooms, but I was always intently listening um, yeah. and learning and learning and learning. I was just fascinated with it. I was like, what is this thing? This sounds so cool. You know, it's not like I had anything to do and I wasn't going anywhere. So I just really leaned in and I was I was intrigued and like they say, I went down the rabbit hole and here we are. <laughs> um, you know, with regards to the blockchain, uh, I think the need for that actually came out of those listening sessions as well, because naturally, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think some of us are conditioned to, you know, whenever, you know, whenever you walk into a room, you always look around and see where the other black people are, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, yeah. what I was seeing increasingly was, you know, I was hearing those specific voices, but there wasn't anybody else. Um, and I was in a, I don't know if you're familiar with one-off. They were. Yeah, so, no one-off. Yeah. So they had a discord that was the first discord server that I ever got into. Uh, and there were people like, uh, Latasha and, and Jamel were in there and, you know, people were like sharing their art. And I was like, like, what are we doing to help these people make sales? I think, I think I bought one of Jaws pieces. I think I bought one of Latasha's early pieces. There was a, there's a guy named Maxwell Step who does incredible pixel art. 
And I started to buy these pieces, but I was like, how are we, you know, how are we helping these people to get their, their, their work out there? You know, and exactly. I just, yeah. Being a, someone who has been an entrepreneur most of my life, even when I was working at, uh, in corporate, I was an entrepreneur. I was just always doing something. And so I was like, well, I'm thinking of starting a newsletter, you know, that just, you know, basically elevates our work, man. We need to know that there are talented uh, creatives out here working in this space. Exactly. And so that was the idea for the, for the blockchain. Uh, I just wanted to, I wanted a way to share the incredible work uh, by creatives of color that I was seeing. And that was it. That was just, it was an idea. And within a week I was like, okay, that's it. I'm doing it. And then I would just (laughs) basically slide into folks' DMs and say, Hey, you know, I, I, I really like your work. I'm, I'm, I started this newsletter. I would love to feature you. Let me send you some questions. Very simple. Um, and it really just kind of took off from there because at the time, no one was really doing much. It was myself. Yeah. And, um, I think it's Iris from Black NFT Art. And we were pretty much the only people doing that, you know, really focusing on um, the work of marginalized artists in the space. Um, she was she started hosting. um clubhouse rooms as well for black nft art and now she's i think they're doing a bunch of other stuff but yeah it was just it was just us and that was basically uh the 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 idea and the impetus for for the blockchain and that's how it that's how it came about and now we're here like you know ten thousand subscribers later so beautiful grateful. i'm grateful i cannot emphasize enough the importance of what you're doing um i know i would say back in 2021 Mm-hmm. Um, when I got into the space, mm-hmm. it was a lot of, oh, we don't see color. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people <laughs> seem to forget, um, that, you know, they might have good intentions and they might not see colors, but if we look at the numbers, if we look at the way web three has grown, mm-hmm. you can tell that there is a lot of, um, bias, I'll call it maybe unintentional yeah. bias in web three. Mm-hmm. where um people tend to gravitate towards certain um types of artists yes versus, and not and ignore certain types of artists and i see it all the time mm-hmm. i see it all the time in web3 and people still argue and they'll argue it all day like oh no that's not happening it's happening it's, oh that's not possible but it's possible right you it might not be intentional you know it's like you don't somebody that has an unintentional bias might not even know that they're doing it. Like they might just see, um, you know, art from a person of color and automatically their brain just doesn't take it seriously Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of who that, you know, Oh, this is this person. And, you know, I won't take it seriously, but they don't know they're doing it. Um, or they might see art from a certain, you know, group of people and automatically, Oh, this has to be valuable. Mm-hmm. And they might not even know that they're doing it. So mm-hmm. I've seen it a lot where um a lot of opportunities will bypass people of color because of this unintended or intended bias. Some are, some are intended, let's be honest. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. And then I was just saying, like, some are intended, you know, if we're being honest, because um, and some are not. You know, I've I've had my podcast for a very long time has been audio um and recently we moved to video for shorts and tiktoks on youtube and one of the questions i kept getting 
And I found this very amusing. Oh, my God, you're black. And I'm like, wait, what? Really? But yeah, I got that a lot. The first week or two of um the videos launching, I got that a lot. Mm. <gasps> I never knew you're... And I'm like, does it make a difference? So well, there is that. I don't know if I don't sound... I don't even know, but... It was a shock to some people and they voiced it out. And, um, um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, well, that's there is that unintended. So the job you're doing with the, um, blockchain, I always say people think it's like, oh, you know, we're, people are segregating themselves. No, it's not that people are segregating themselves. It's just saying these people don't get the attention that they deserve. So we're just going to amplify them exactly. a little more because they need the help a little exactly. more exactly. and that's what um that is and i know again one of your primary goals at the blockchain is to amplify and elevate work from um women bipoc lgbtq artists and collectors yes. so not just even limited to artists alone and also collectors in nfts right and, um I, you're doing the good work because <laughs> we need part we of the why i focus on collectors too is because i really do believe that the only way to support artists is to buy their work like for sure I mean, yes i can i can amplify them but another part of what i'm doing with the blockchain is is working on collecting the work of artists in the space as well because um it's important it's very important, right uh, you put your money where your mouth is um but yes i you know one of the things that i was going to to say was i see so much parallels between what's happening in the web3 space um and what happens in the um the investment startup space you know mm -hmm. oh yeah a background there and the numbers um for uh, women of color specifically black women um they get like 0.02% of all venture capital i was <laughs> even going to say do we even get point something <laughs> it's it is it is a, the numbers are abysmal and if you pull the lens back and talk about black founders, it's still maybe 1% of all venture capital. And so, you know, we see that people have, like you mentioned, these, these biases, they may not be explicit, you know, but they might be implicit and people might yeah. not even know that they're being biased, but, exactly. but they are. And so, you know, I think it's really important to, to, when it comes down, if you say you believe in it and put your money where your mouth is, right? So exactly. You need to invest in black founders. You need to invest, invest in black, um, and, and BIPOC and queer artists as well, because you're right. People come into this space with their biases. They don't go anywhere, you know, people. And exactly. We all, right. And so unless there is some, um, intentional action to, um, remove these biases, then they just stay and people will tell you, Oh, I'm not racist. I don't, you know, I'm, I love everybody. Yeah. But yeah. You know, but it might not even be that you're being intentionally racist. It might just be, you know, in the back of your mind, you exactly. don't see value in this thing. And I see, I see it a lot. You know, I see it a lot, even in opportunities, like when opportunities arise, you'll mm -hmm. notice that there is always a pattern, um, yeah. you know, in who gets the opportunities. There's always a pattern and it, it plays out into what plays out in web three actually also plays out in real life. Um, yeah. Yes. And it's so amazing to me because we started out in Web3 saying, oh, we're all PFPs here, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so we're not going to be like Web2. We're going to be different. And it, that went down 
downhill pretty quickly. And I mean, I look, it sounded great though, didn't it? It and did. It did. The wag me, the wag me years, yeah. the wag me period. Like, where, <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. We're going to do things differently, but that takes intention. Exactly. Right? And what we've seen, especially is that when people's bags are down, you see their ugly side. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then <laughs> you know I mean? the bear market really did that. When your PFP is at 15 ETH and everybody's fine and ETH is almost at 4,000 and everybody's yeah. really, really happy. But then things start to go left, you know, <laughs> it yeah. affects some of us worse than it affects others. Exactly. And then they, they all come with the excuse like, oh, well, but this one person made it. But guess what? This one person in a pool of how many compared right. to how many you're right. you're going to have breakthrough cases for sure. But mm -hmm. in a pool of how many? And then it's like, oh, well, we all show up. But guess what? Yes, we all show up. But nobody's showing up less, right? Yeah. But if I show up every single day and I grind every single day, and when opportunities come, you ignore my grind and give mm -hmm. it to somebody else, mm -hmm. it does not matter if I'm showing up every single day. Right. You know, and they, a lot of people seem to miss that and they think, oh, you know, oh, everybody just wants to make it about um, race and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you're missing the point. If you think people are making it about race. Yeah, it's, it's just saying just about reality. Exactly. Like yeah. we're falling short in this department. Let's try to bring it up. Right. Let's try to catch it up with everything else. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I try to avoid those arguments online. I, 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 I get them. Like recently, um, we had, um, Black History Month in Web3 was crickets, of course. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> and there was a curation, um, done by, um, two artists that I was a part of. And it was called Black Art Matters. And somebody came in my DM, I'm not in my DM, sorry, on my timeline. Mm -hmm. And, um, said all art matters <laughs> no yes they did and i'm not one to like usually sometimes i ignore like if i don't have time i'll ignore mm -hmm. but then i the person said all art matters and i wow. responded who said it didn't <laughs> wow. you yeah. know it's not a competition when people right. need to stop seeing mm -hmm. it that way like you can totally support the blockchain mm -hmm. Without even having to be black or without even having to be in a marginalized group to still acknowledge the fact that these voices need the extra, um, exactly. lift because ordinarily people don't give them those mm -hmm. opportunities. Exactly. You know, exactly. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild to me that someone said that to you. Oh, yeah, they did. They did. They said, oh, um, oh gosh. Yeah. Let me say thank God. I get those awards if I say thank was God. It, oh, was, it or was it on the timeline? On the timeline. Oh, it was, I, it was on, I, I left it. I, I responded. I was like, I, who, who said it didn't? Nobody's, mm. it's not a competition. It's not a, it's not a issue of this is more important than this. Mm -hmm. It's just saying, this is not getting enough recognition. So let's try to prop it up a little bit more, at least to some level. I mean, look at the numbers. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Exactly. Numbers don't lie. You know, so yeah. if anything, we should even look at the numbers. Um, anyways, <laughs> I can go on and on and on. So let's talk, let's talk about goals. Um, I wanted to discuss some of your goals for, for the blacks. And I know 
your primary goal is to amplify and elevate, but what are some other goals that you have um, for the blockchain? Well, to, 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 to piggyback on what I said earlier, um, part, uh, one, one of my big, big goals is to build the largest collection of digital artwork anywhere. Beautiful. So I've been quietly collecting. Um, I love the new uh, open edition craze because it has given me the opportunity co to collect from um, some artists that have been on my radar for quite some time and I just couldn't <laughs> couldn't afford it. Yeah. Uh, and so I have been quietly just collecting the work of, of people that I that I see out in the world who, you know, deserve it. So that is that is one part of it. And the other goal is to onboard more collectors into the space. That is really important to me. Very. Um, I think it is central to um, it's central to the goal of amplifying the work of, of of underrepresented artists because artists, like I said, need collectors, and mm -hmm. so I think that there is an educational component there. Obviously, because we are in a space where scams happen every day, so there's a security aspect. But the another key part of the educational. Uh, aspect is really exposing people to the incredible artwork, right? Um, one of the wonderful things I think about NFTs is that it's taken art out of the literal white box of the gallery, right? Yeah. Um, art world has its own challenges as well. So um, <laughs> but it's removing it from that very pristine white box and bringing it and making it more accessible. Um, and so for me, I think that Previously, you know, you go to New York, you go to Soho, you go into the galleries, you're like, I can't afford any of this stuff, but I mm -hmm. love art and I have an appreciation for it and I would love to collect. Well, here's a medium, right? Exactly. And, and there are there are really talented artists in this space. And that is part of that. That is another part of my goal is to just get some additional um, exposure for these artists and yeah. then ultimately um, expose them to a new audience of collectors and bring everyone together to, to, to buy and sell art, really. So it's about onboarding, building out the space, making people aware that there is incredible art in this space and affordable art that they can also collect. So that's another big part of, of what I'm trying to do with the blockchain. And I, I, I love how you're doing it, too, because I think um, one of the th things that's usually missing for me personally that I see within Web3 is... Um, a lot of times artists will mint their work, sell their work, and then everybody moves on. Mm. And there's no further um, media. I'm, I'm, I have a PR background. Mm. So I am very, very pro PR. I'm very mm -hmm. pro news. I'm mm. very pro. You have to put out information about every little thing that you do. And I am still very pro. Um, you know, we say we're in Web3 but we don't need web two tools. We do. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. I'm very pro Google search. Mm -hmm. um, it's worked for me. You know, I literally took over the, <laughs> the uh, keyword still life photography, NFT. Like if you put in the keyword still life photography, NFT, like I'm all over the place. I, I chose out early, but a lot of people didn't see the value in that. And then a lot of people still don't see the value in written text mm, but yes. they forget that they're going to be people when we talk about mainstream when we talk about nfts they're going to be people still researching 
NFTs, searching yeah. for certain things, cer- searching oh. for certain types of art. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to go online right now and search, um, you know, black photographers in Web3 or for, for instance, or black. So, you know, so these keywords are important. And I feel like you having a, not just a newsletter, but also a website mm-hmm. where you publish um, interviews, um, which I was a part of recently. Hey, yes. <laughs> shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> Is so important because it also gives visibility beyond, like I know Web3 artists are so Twitter based. It gives visibility beyond Twitter. I'm not a big fan of just sticking to Twitter alone. I'm a big fan of, um, you know, spreading across all, all over the place from all social media to your own website yeah. to, even medium i just started a medium you know Mm. to start amplifying voices Mm -hmm. um because discoverability could be from anywhere so i i love the fact that you don't just have um a newsletter you also have a website and the cool thing about your website is if people search certain keywords and it's on your website they're going to be able to find information about these artists about these collectors on your Absolutely. site. And you know, another reason why it's important. So when I initially started the newsletter, mm-hmm. I, was, I was issuing the newsletter on um, a platform, a newsletter platform called Get Review. Yeah. Well, they shut down. They did. I saw that. <laughs> they shut down. And so I was, I was really sort of like, oh my God, okay, what do I, how do I preserve this? Right. Um, and of course you can download that stuff, but ultimately we, I did 50 newsletters on get review and they're gone. So that's why it's also important to have your, like you said, to have your own platform that you control because that content that was in the newsletters, it still lives on the website, even though the newsletter platform is gone. And so it's really important to have that, that almost like a backup, right? Yeah. It's important to, yeah, because if I hadn't had that, if I had just put all my eggs in the get review basket, now that exactly it's gone, <laughs> It'd be all gone. of my content would have gone with that yep. site as well. And so it's like it's it's a really good point that you make. It's important to remember that not just for um discoverability, but you know, for longevity. And I'm yeah. also exploring there are a few platforms that are now uh web three uh newsletter platforms like Paragraph and a couple of others. Mm-hmm. I'm now thinking because because it's really so, you know, yes, I have the website as well, but that could that could go away, too. Right. And so now I'm thinking, how do I leverage this technology? Right. To, yeah. To, to, because the blockchain is immutable. When something is inscribed there, it, it's not going anywhere. So I'm now thinking, OK, how do we put like your story on the blockchain as well so that it's there forever? Because as we well know, um, History is told by those who control the medium. Amen right? to that. Yes. And so, you know, what we don't want is like in 50 years for folks to be like, oh, there weren't any, there weren't any black artists on the blockchain back in 2020. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. We were here. <laughs> you know, oh, what I mean? let me tell you. So uh, I am a still life artist, right? And when you search um, for the keyword still life um, art, you know, just generally, and you mm-hmm. look at the history of still life, mm-hmm. a lot of it is credited to um, the Dutch. And I'm, a, I'm a firm believer 
<laughs> that um, the only reason that is is because they probably documented it more than everybody else. So um, I totally agree with you on that one. Um, and I also believe, you know, in like you said, having your own website, you cannot build your home on somebody else's foundation. People make that mistake so much where they invest so much time and build their home on somebody else's foundation. And then maybe that person will decide one day, oh, I want to use my land. Right. And then what happens to your home? It's gone because exactly. they use their land and there's nothing you can do about it. I've nothing seen people lose um their Twitter account. Right. Mm -hmm. I've seen people lose their Twitter account because they were not, you know, that's all they built on. They built strictly oh, yeah. on Twitter. They lost their Twitter account. That was it. Where do you start from? Exactly. So it's such a it's such a wise idea not to build on somebody um else's land and have different places where um, where people can find you. Absolutely. I mean, and look, I see what's happening with Twitter as well. I am just kind of like, yeah, that's a shit show, right? <laughs> it's it's really bad. I got a notification the other day that said that I wasn't allowed because I've been verified. I've been on Twitter for ages um, and I have been verified for quite some time. And now I'm being told that I can't use two factor authorization because I'm, yeah. not, I'm not paying for for my my uh, verification. And I was like, wait, what? Yep. This is insane. Like, what is this guy doing? And so I think that is another thing to consider is that if you build your following exclusively on one platform, well, like you said, you build on someone else's land, they get to do what they want with it. Exactly. They're Same thing happened mercy. to me. I yes. just turned it off. I was, it was like, you cannot use text-based um, two-factor um, authorization. You have to use... I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I am not gonna die on this hill, like Elon. Right. Do what you want to do. <laughs> well, he already is, so he is really, you know, like go ahead, Elon. Do you? <laughs> yeah, it's wild what's happening with that platform. So, um, I think all that just validates your point is that you need to diversify where you show up. Um, exactly. Exactly. And just as a content creator, it makes sense, right? You're building a brand, and so. People will find you, they might find you on Apple or Spotify yeah. or YouTube or TikTok and all the other places. I would say that that is my big, um, that is my big thing about, uh, starting my podcast is that a mm -hmm. lot of people are also doing video now because, of course, then you can share that content wide. Yes. And I just, uh, I can give you tips because, whoo, lordy. I'm going <laughs> to need some tips because I, I, I I, hate I would gladly give you tips, but I will tell you something that I did notice. Um, so with the NFT talk show podcast, and this is me snitching on us right now. So if you're <laughs> listening, I'm snitching. Yes. Um, with the NFT show, talk show podcast during the bear market, um, it was really nice, rosy. We were like, not even just like top in the top podcast, um, for the topic of investing was just under business generally in the United States. Like we hit that top. Wow. And um yeah, I know, very shocking. <laughs> well, because we were early. And then um, you know, the bear market comes. We still have a loyal followership. Mm -hmm. But the mistake that I made um in the beginning stages was we did not build a follow followership on um TikTok 
um, YouTube um, and Reels during that bear. So we could have, you know, while we were building that loyal followership on Apple, Spotify, et cetera, Mm -hmm. we weren't doing that with TikTok. Um, and I feel like if we had done that now we are, and I can see like, you know, people responding and it's, it's, I believe in slow organic growth, right? You're delivering value. There's no rush. Um, so I could just imagine if we did it during the bull run, how, you know, um, maybe we would have convinced some people to stay because we try to take a positive approach, um, or realistic (laughs) approach to how we, showcase what web three um web three is and what we're trying to do here right so yeah if you need tips trust me i got you well, I, will, <laughs> I will be hitting you up my friend i will be hitting I you got, i got you <laughs> you can be like dang i know right ask me these questions <laughs> i don't mind so i want to talk about film i know you have you have a background in film. What are your thoughts on NFT, um, film NFTs? I've seen, um, quite a few. It's not as, it's not as popular, I guess, as maybe art and music. Yeah. Well, film is a form of art, but visual art, I guess. Um, but I've seen music get like a little bit of a nudge and, you know, photography, paintings get the nudge, but mm-hmm. film has been creeping a little bit behind um i know people like um julie pacino she has film nfts related to a film she was making what are your thoughts on um, merging the two using maybe nfts for film and if you were to do that how would you approach it i absolutely love it do you know jordan by the way jordan Uh, bain uh uh-uh so she she's she's actually one of the ogs she and i used to she used to host this space um Mm -hmm. not space it was a clubhouse room um back in the day called elevating women in the nft space oh nice Uh, and she's a filmmaker and i actually featured her in the black chain because uh she did a film called uh i think it was it's more like a music video yeah it as an nft but now she is actually uh, sort of pushing forward in this film three space is what she's calling it. And yeah, so they're, they're, they're doing, I think they had a, okay, summit. I know film three. Yeah. And they had a summit in, yeah, uh, recently in LA. In LA. Yes. Yes. And yeah. so, um, I know that she's pushing forward on that. I have actually minted a few of my video art pieces, um, on Zora a while ago, um, just to see what that was, would be like. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of promise, um, for film in the web three space. Um, I think I actually read that recently a film that was funded by NFTs received an award at Sundance this year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I think it's I'm called- such a missor for somebody that hosts a podcast. You would think, <laughs> you would think I would have missed. You've got a lot going on. I know. Um, yeah. So I think that movement is coming. I think though, much like the music industry, mm-hmm. I think I think you're up against a bigger apparatus. And so I think there's, you know, the the possibilities for what Web3 can bring to like the music industry and the film industry, I think they're great, but I just think it's probably going to take a little more time. A little bit. Yeah, I I totally agree with you, but I like the idea. Um, I had done, um, you know, things you could use NFTs for, and that was one of the ones that I mentioned was film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I could totally see a situation where, you know, small, um, 
um oh god my brain is like doing the little flashing thing right now <laughs> independent <laughs> film artist jesus christ mm. like was that that hard to say independent independent <laughs> indie artists um independent film artists use nfts to fundraise to shoot their films and right. um pass on the benefits to the holders i can totally see that happening actually that is a that would be fantastic yeah especially in the short films um and things like that that would be awesome versus you know i've, I've seen a lot of um nfts that would promise you an animated series that never happens this is this would actually happen <laughs> yeah and i think you know i've had a film that i've wanted to do for a really long time yeah uh, and it's a good idea maybe use nfts to uh to to fund it it's a short film and i'm going to shoot it here in austin but i just haven't gotten around to it and so yeah i i definitely think that there are you know unlimited possibilities for for what web3 the fusion of web3 and film could potentially look like yeah i totally totally agree with that um i think you know web3 again um we do get a lot of like in a negative rap outside of the space but my goal again is to you know help people see the it's like we get it you know there are these things going on but there are also good things going on so let's focus on the good things and let's align ourselves with the good things that are going on and i hope like you know over time people start to see the good things or people looking in from outside start to see the good things and start to um come in not even necessarily from a financial aspect right because we kind of have the belief that web3 has to be oh, money 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 investing 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 not necessarily yeah right yeah it could even I be think, just go ahead i i think that that is um i think that that has been detrimental to the space the Very. focus on money because and i think that you know that that's pretty much what a lot of people focus on and i think you're right there are so many other aspects and positive aspects you know yep. All you hear, all you heard about, um, in the mainstream media anyway was, oh, people sold this for $69. Whenever, even when they, when they highlight individual artists, like people like Nine Shells or Ike Shells, um, you know, he had a pretty high selling, uh, piece of work a few years ago. It's just always about how much the work has made. You know, and I think it, 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 it's just focusing on the wrong thing. To be honest, it's like there's so much more happening in this space oh, yeah. that's worthy of being explored. But whenever you hear anything, it's just kind of like, oh, this this artist made six hundred thousand dollars in one year by selling NFTs. It's like, but 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 what else? What you else what exactly? I- yeah. Well, I want to make six hundred thousand dollars selling NFTs, but only because I I really really want to open an animal sanctuary. And I've always wanted to, and I feel like you need money to do that. <laughs> you do, you do. I know. <laughs> so my little, it's funny, um, sidebar, but, um, I've been, I, I have a love for animals, obviously. And, um, I keep all kinds of pets from, you know, frogs to oh. hamsters to rabbits. <laughs> mm-hmm. And awesome. my friend that was telling me, like, you should just go open a zoo. Like I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But, um, That's incredible. You know, and when you think about Web3, Web3 art as well, like people go, okay, if I buy the art, then what? Again, like I said, you know, it has to extend beyond that. You're doing something that extends beyond that. And that's giving, um, 
you know, a voice beyond a sale. And also there are other ways that you can do it, right? We have digital screens where people can put their art up. Um, you have metaverses where we recently had an event at a gallery. I have a metaverse home where I have art on my walls. Mm. So there's so many ways that you could approach Web3 that's not just limited to how we view Web3 generally. And I think it just, I don't know, got to find your, <laughs> kind of find your vibe in Web3. Exactly. Exactly. So speaking, speaking of finding your vibe in Web3, um, if I were to ask you, what is your vibe in Web3? What would you, what would you say? Oh man, that's a good question. I don't know if I, I, I well, how do you define vibe? What are you about? Like what, you know, when you think about, like when I think about my vibe in Web3, mm-hmm. um, my vibe in Web3 is, well, first of all, art, obviously, um, good times, good vibes, and just amplifying, um, nature um fauna flora mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and th- these things that benefit us as human beings that's probably my and i like to have fun so um, yeah that's another one of my vibes getting people together to do things outside of you know talking about money all day right. um, and just enjoying ourselves so if i would define that as my my web three vibe Huh, that's a really good question. I would say my web three vibe. I'm definitely all about the art. I am, I am here for the art and for the artists, but I also, you know, uh, I don't, I don't do drama. I try oh, to God. Some, some from that stuff. Amen. I like my zones to be drama free. Amen. Um, and these days I am really, um, so I, I've struggled with this a lot because mm-hmm. when in the business of amplifying others, I often, tend to put myself last. And so I have been really trying to come out more as a creator, right? Yeah. And 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 lean into my work. I've been using lately I've been using AI a lot more to mm-hmm. help tell the stories that I want to tell tell. In my work I tend to elevate black women because yeah. I'm a black woman and so, you know, you do what you know. Um and no, so I have been just sort of creeping out of my shell a little bit as a creator and focusing on that. And so um, I'm actually curating a show uh, featuring five black women using AI in their work for super rare. It's coming out next week. And beautiful. I, I, What's it called? It's called body politic. Nice. Um, and so, um, you know, that is because uh, as black women are, everything about us is policed from our hair to, oh, our gosh, yes. to our butts, everything else. And so um, we are exploring themes of of that um, with these 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 black women who are working in the field of AI. And so I'm including one of myself. I'm including myself in the in the in the show as well. The which show. Is something that I tend not to do. I tend to just sort of sit in the background and try to push everyone up front. And so I said, you know what, let me let me include myself. And so it's been it's been it's been a really wonderful experience and so I'm I'm leaning more into being a creator so I think that's that's my vibe is is curating and creating as well you know beautiful and I'm with that including yourself cuz <laughs> you know I say this I mean I didn't I didn't coin this phrase but I do say it a lot you can't pour from an empty cup so yeah. I will include myself and take care of myself alongside everybody else. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will not leave myself out um, of whatever it is that I am doing. So please, amen to you, including yourself. It is very needed. It is very necessary. 
Um, you know, are... I agonized over it so much. I even I asked the the person that submitted my name to 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 curate this show. I was like, do you think it's okay if I include myself? And she was like, why are you even asking me? That? Exactly. I like, because I don't know. I don't want people to be like, you no. know, oh my God, she's just, you know. And she was like, you're no. your own, you're your own greatest cheerleader, and you will always be your own greatest cheerleader. And you know, again, like I said with Web three, if you're not championing for yourself. Um, it's going to be hard to find somebody to champion for you. So you have to always make sure you're putting your time and energy into something. You better include yourself. (laughs) Absolutely. You're right. I'm, 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 I'm learning that. I'm learning that as I go and, and leaning into that. And so it's been, it's been great just to balance it, you know, the, the curation and the creation and the community building, they all go together in a wonderful way. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's been great. To- Absolutely. Well, we look forward to seeing um um when it's ready in a few days <laughs> um on Super Rare. So I have a few more questions before I I I feel like I'm gonna keep you here and I have like a ton of more questions, but I know you have to go soon. So, I- <laughs> <laughs> so what is the future? So this is a two part question. Mm-hmm. What is the future for the blockchain, and what is the future? for Sean Morrison. So two separate entities here. Yeah. What is the future for the blockchain and what is the future for Sean Morrison? So for me, what I'm hoping can happen with the blockchain is most people don't know that the blockchain is a pure labor of love. Um, I don't get paid for doing it. I've never gotten paid for doing it. I've been doing it myself for the last almost two years. And yeah. so my big goal is to A, get some help Amen. <laughs> some, some folks that could help with creating the content. Um, and, you know, just I, I built that website myself as well. So I'm, I'm hoping that I can get some help. Um, it'd be great to get on some some corporate partners that could help because I like to pay people for their work. And so that's one of the big goals that I have. Also, I want to continue to build out that con- that collection. Um, I have been, you know, co- funding it myself, which is fine. But I've seen how how you can make an artist day by buying one of their works. Oh, you know, yeah. It makes such a huge difference. It, it does. Difference for them and their self-esteem and their belief in their work. And so I am fiercely dedicated to continuing to build out the collection. And so those are the goals uh, for the blockchain is just to continue, but to get some assistance. Um, and for me personally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, it looks like, continuing to 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 gain more confidence in my work. I think that you you touched on something there when you said that you can only be your biggest uh champion. Definitely. So I'm planning to lean into that. I want to continue to do more curation but also more creation and just um balancing those two as well. Um so that's what that's what you know that's what my goals look like for, from those two ends. That's a good question. Thank you for asking. That. <laughs> of course, and those are some great goals. To have. And just in case anyone's wondering, the blockchain is spelled T H E B L K. I know it's yeah. like if you're typing B L A C K, no, it's B L K chain mm-hmm. C H A I N, and the website um is the T H E dot com to read. You have interviews on there. You have features. You have resources. It's really hefty. I really like your um, 
I like your website and you've been, you've been consistent since March, 2021. I have been um, Yes. That is amazing. That is amazing. A lot of people, I got a, I got a DM recently. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a funny story. So I got a DM recently from, mm. um, someone that said, Hey, so you do an NFT podcast? I was like, yeah. And, um, he was like, yeah, me too. We're, we're just probably the only few left. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was cracking up because yes, a lot of people that started podcasting about nfts when we did have you know kind of left and just like given up but then that's expected with podcasts they say um i think i forgot what percentage of podcasts um survive like the first year or something mm. it's like a really low percentage um and i get it you know it's hard it's really hard to get support for yeah. podcasts mm -hmm. um you can get a ton of listeners but if you don't have a big um name or big establishment backing you it's really really it can be really difficult to get support yeah. and i hope i love what you're trying to do or what you are doing not trying to do i love what you are doing with the blockchain and i hope that you do get help um because it's necessary um that these voices are amplified because a lot of these voices tend to fall under the radar a lot of talent will fall under the radar because there was no one to amplify their voice um, and it's so needed, you know, yeah. to give a voice to everybody. I, I, you know, again, I'm going to say, let me not do my little rants, but I do come on here rant sometimes about how I feel about the space <laughs> <laughs> and the things that I see. And I'm like, 2023, Tony's being very nice and she's not going to you know call people out as much <laughs> Man, i say do it i say do what needs to be oh, done Tony. it gets me in trouble i've called out some i've called out some big name collectors i've you know done all kinds of stuff but then i i stand by my word you know um mm -hmm. we gotta do this right we gotta get it right and yes. getting it right means we have to be accountable um and just you know own up to how we're doing it you know, yeah. no, don't be in denial. Oh, no, we right. don't. We This is not happening. No, this is not this. Mm -mm. Let's own up to it. doesn't mean we're bad. It just means, okay, how can we change things? How can we redirect um, how we're doing things to make everything better for not just a group of people, but for everybody um, in the space? Like, yeah, it's also like calling out this stuff is not an attack on anyone. Like absolutely not. Oh, where the changes need to be made if you don't acknowledge that exactly they, you know, that the issues are there, and I find that that could also speak to a larger issue in our country, right? Where people yep. are, don't want to hear about diversity, they don't want to hear about inclusion. It's like really, so how are we going to fix this? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the that's the new one that I've I have been seeing that I don't want to hear about. Um. Oh, yeah. they're always complaining. You know. Nobody actually really wants to complain. That's the thing. Like, I'm like, do you get it? Like, nobody actually really wants to complain. People actually want things to be fair. And when they are, nobody complains, you know? So I don't think it's a, it's an enjoyable hobby to be complaining. It's not. But at the same time, you won't keep quiet when you don't see things being done right. Because then you end up losing yeah. um, or getting the short end of the stick. Absolutely. But, yeah. I feel yeah. like I feel like we can continue this conversation for <laughs> oh, we still can. <laughs> a while. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um but yeah, one last question before um you 
leave me to my ramblings. <laughs> <laughs> ramblings of a podcaster. Um, so this is the, it's one of my hot seat questions. Um, and it's not really a hot seat question, but I call it a hot seat question. If there was one thing you could change about Web3, what would it be? I would lower the barrier to entry. Um, I feel like um, there is still a lot of privilege associated with this space, right? Yes. Um, and I don't yes. know that we acknowledge that enough. I still think that the space has a really long way to go to onboard the next million or the next billion or whatever. And yep. we stay in this space that we're early and we are, we're really, really early because I talk about this stuff with my cousins and they just look at me like I've got something hanging out of my forehead. They're just <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. And, and that is the case for most people, right? Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't get it. They don't get it at all. And I think that we have a lot of work to do, um, from security to education to UX issues that we yep. need to sort out before um we can get you know the average person really uh deeply entrenched in this space so i i would definitely focus on lowering that barrier to entry um for everyone so that it's even more accessible you know it's like it took me i i was listening to clubhouse rooms for like six months before i even got a wallet because yeah. i was kind of like okay am i ready can i do this should i do this it sounds so crazy it sounds so hard um, and of course, once you do it, you get it. Yeah. It's still a lot. You know what I mean? It's, it's still like, a lot. And the security issues are, you know, even when you do get it, you still are paranoid half the time because security. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. There, there, there are, you know, it's like, it's like walking through a minefield. You just never know. Yeah. You know? Like, and, and, you know, I still get, I still get spam links from, from people on Instagram and on, they're oh, still yeah. in my DMs sending me stuff. And I'm like, look. I'm smart enough to know that I don't click on random links from strangers, but you know, some other person may not know that. And so we really need to make the space a lot more accessible and safe for people. Um, I absolutely agree. Men, you don't click on random links from strangers. I don't click on links from my mother now. <laughs> just send me something and I'll call her. Be like, did you just send a link? Did you just, yeah. Yeah. I just, keep telling, I just tell my mom, I was like, don't send me random links. But, yeah. And actually, like, don't click on them either. I just have to keep telling her, don't click on that. Don't click on that. So she'll screenshot stuff that she gets and she's, she's like, is this real? And I'm like, nope. Don't yep, click it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, at least it, it's mind. made us vigilant. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you saw Kevin Rose got scammed, you know. I know. Kevin, oh my goodness. He can get scammed. Anybody can get Anybody it. can, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot there's a lot of social engineering going on as well absolutely. where you know absolutely. people start and then they build trust. And that's why again it's so important, like um, no matter how much you trust, always side eye everything. <laughs> I say side eye everything. If it's too good to be true, it first of all, and always good, and always cross check your links. Like I'll take a link and put it into different browsers, and mm -hmm. like I'll look at the link and then I'll search it into Google first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I have a whole ritual before I click a link, oh, and then absolutely. I'll put it into a different browser that has nothing to do with my wallet and see okay does something pop up and then um go in the twitter and then search and be like okay this mm -hmm. checks out and maybe follow it to discord mm -hmm. ah. 
I remember when uh, Coinbase was launching their NFT platform. Yeah. And I got a DM in my Twitter with someone saying, oh, you here, you know, we decided to give you early access. And I was just kind of like, are you kidding? I was like, is this real? This can't be real. And so I did the same thing that you did. It actually turned out to be real, which was very strange that they, I said, just so you guys know, this approach is like not it. Yeah, asking for trouble. <laughs> this is not how you onboard people onto your new NFT platform because sliding into my DMs is like weird and scammy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on out there. I, I missed the, I missed the big sale one time because of that. <laughs> really? It, it turned out to be real, but you know, I was like, you know, I don't care. Better safe than sorry. So. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. I was like, better safe. It's like, oh, I already bought from someone else. I was like, okay, I'm cool with that, you know, but cause I didn't, I didn't know. Cause I was getting like this weird message in OpenSea. So mm-hmm. apparently OpenSea had upgraded something. I don't know. And, um, it was giving MetaMask and OpenSea had upgraded something and it was giving that message. Um, and I saw it as a warning sign. Mm. And, um, it turned out it was just, you know, a warning sign, but not a bad warning sign. It was, it's, yeah. Wow. Um, but what's yours will not pass you by. So. Exactly. Oh, man, I love that. I love that. I was okay with it. Um, but yeah. So, um, thank you so much, Sean, for joining us on today's, um, episode. It's been, uh, like, I've really enjoyed the con- this conversation. Um, if they want to find you, how mm-hmm. can they find you and how can they find the, um, blockchain? So we are, as you mentioned, the black chain on Twitter and Instagram. It is at T-H-E-B-L-K-C-H-A-I-N. Um, the website is also www.theblackchain.com. Um, I encourage you to go to the website, um, sign up for the newsletter. Um, lots of content on the website for you to read. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Me personally, I am Sean Morrison everywhere. S-I-A-N-M-O-R-S-O-N on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, probably best to follow on Twitter. I'm not very active on Instagram, to be honest, and my profile is private. So there's that. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I, that is how to reach me. I'm actually very responsive on Twitter. So, um, if folks want to reach out there, I'm also on LinkedIn. So you can find me there as well. Um, and um, I'm fairly responsive on both Twitter and LinkedIn. So I'm happy to connect with folks that way. Awesome. And again, um, let me throw in a shameless plug. Um, I, Tony Payne, <laughs> was featured in the January 2023 um, The Blockchain. <laughs> and if you go to theblockchain.com, you will see that Tony Payne yes. is the featured story. So please Yay. There. And I got to give it to you. Um, you know, I've done tons and tons and tons of interviews and the questions that you um, ass, I was like, yes. <laughs> I almost enjoyed answering them a little too much. So thank you. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate questions that make me think yeah. um, and questions that make me actually want to share. Oh um, so I appreciate that a lot. I, I read that interview over and I don't know how many times I've read it. You know, I'm like, yes, okay. You know how it is when you do an interview and then you go back and then you read to say, okay, did I answer this right? And I'm like, yes, I nailed it. Yes, okay, good. <laughs> you did nail it. And thank you for saying that about the questions. I There is a, a, a artist in the space that I have been pursuing for some time to uh, interview her. Yeah. And 
<laughs> she basically responded and she was after making me wait like three months for the response and she finally she was like oh these questions i already answered them on my on my website so oh gosh um, can you ask me some other ones and i was like girl it's okay uh-uh. <laughs> no yeah because i mean even if you've answered it on there's a way that the question will be posed to you that's not the same as on your website some people just exactly like and not everyone is going to go to your website exactly. i mean someone might go to your website after reading the article but it's not like yeah, yeah. so i was like well hey thanks talk to you later yeah. so, and you know it's, again this is what i always tell people you never know where your opportunity will come from. And exactly. people tend to do that where they think, oh, well, nothing can come out of this. You never know where your opportunity will come from. It might be where you think, oh, nothing's going to come out of this. And then somebody will see you and be like, oh, I have this for you. I have that for you. So never, never fumble any opportunity. I don't. I don't fumble opportunities. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm here. I'm, you know ask the questions I will answer I'll gladly answer you know make myself available um because right. you just never know and I appreciate you for including me um and featuring me and my work um on the blockchain um it was really an honor thank you so much you're very welcome and of course the next step is for me to add a Tony Payne to the ah, yay <laughs> Uh, that would make me very happy because I know like you, you align with what I do in terms of like, you know, after collect thought, like mm-hmm. I have like the, okay, once the artist bought, then what, and you do that already. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'd be glad, like, you know, I feel like your art should work for you even after it's been sold. It should continue working for you. Um, I mean, Picasso's art, he's long gone. It's still working for him years and years and years and years after. And I feel that's how, you know, art should be. It should be speaking for you for many, many, many years um, and go beyond just being collected. Um, All right. Um, You said what? I could not put it better. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Yes. So that is going to be it for today's episode or this episode of the NFT Talk Show podcast. Again, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't. Don't forget to join us. We are on TikTok now. Um, we are also on YouTube Shorts. <laughs> and we are sometimes on Instagram Reels when they're being nice to us. So don't forget to follow <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on all those platforms. And um, thank you so much for listening. To all our old and new listeners, we really, truly appreciate you. You know what it is. Don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell their entire community to listen to the NFT Talk Show podcast. This is the who is who in Web3, the people that you want to know, the people that are building amazing things in Web3, the future of Web3. You want to get with it. Um, And I am Tony Payne. You know what it is. And I will catch you on the blockchain. Bye.